0: Alright, what's going on everybody? I'm Patrick Kays, I'm the host for Stories That Inspire, and we're back this week with a little bit of a different guest, I suppose. Um, It's not one of my roommates, uh, although I'd say say we're friends, right Jesse? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, This is our podcast manager, Jesse, the one who I often describe as a very beautiful man who gets (laughs) a lot of work done for us. Um, (laughs) Jesse, I met you probably what, a, maybe a month ago?
1: Yeah, it was when we started talking about the podcast. Yeah, Patrick, he emailed me. I actually missed his first email because I thought I responded to it, but it turned out I just forgot to hit send <laughs> on the message. So he emailed me a week later, and I was like, I felt really bad because I try not to let that happen. But we were able to meet that afternoon, just talk about when we'd want to meet, um, what we were going to talk about. And ever since then, we've just had really steady communication. So it's not the best foot to start <laughs> off with, but now, now here we are.
0: Jesse's kind of, in a lot of ways, like, I would, I wouldn't say co-host because you don't, you know, you don't host the show with me, obviously, yeah. but I would say you definitely, you're kind of like the supervisor of everything here mm-hmm. at Xavier. Like, um, I don't know, you, how many podcasts do you manage? Three, four, five? I
1: want to say, I guess it's three now because I managed this one. I guess four, actually, because there's one that's bi-weekly I forgot about. But right now it's four. We're still growing. If you do want to make a podcast, just email me at doahanj at zavier.edu. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram with my handle, JSSJR4. <laughs> no, seriously, if you just see me on campus as well, I really don't mind talking to you. But we'll set something up and we can totally just talk about whatever you want to talk about for a podcast.
0: But yeah, Jesse was great. I met with him. Um, I had this idea for a podcast and he uh, really, unless you, I don't know, unless you have an idea that's super underdeveloped, Jesse is very good at kind of helping you grow and flourish with those ideas. So it's really nice to have Mm -hmm. someone as kind of like a mentor in this space to kind of go along with it. Because I think personally for me, I'm very good at the, I, I, I try not to, Sound like I'm bragging yeah. here, but like I think I'm a little bit better. At like the showmanship aspect, um, creative thing, kind of goes along with um, what I'm studying. In case anyone out there doesn't know, I'm studying marketing. Nice. It's a wonderful experience. I've had only good things so far, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I'm very much more on the creative side, and Jesse's very on the technical side. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it just it really helps out a lot to have someone that uh, kind of understands the the goings of this. Because if I was to try and do this just on my own without Xavier whatsoever. Um, it would, I think, it'd be a lot harder. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of me and Jesse and how we know each other and everything, and a bit of the beginnings about the podcast behind the scenes. Um, we're gonna talk about because uh, I wanted to bring Jesse on the show because I think it'd be valid, to ha- valid uh, insight to kind of have someone um, from behind the scenes step forward. So we're gonna have him talk about a story that he really likes. So Jesse, what is your story that you brought for us this week?
1: Yeah, no, I've liked it ever since I was little, mainly grade school little. So not like baby little, but like adolescent little, I guess. Okay. No, but it's Lord of the Rings, written by J.R.R. Tolkien. I never actually watched the movies until I was much older. I read the books though in grade school, and I was like always fascinated by them. I always thought they were like the coolest things in the world.
0: (laughs) I remember too. um, In I think I was in maybe fourth or fifth grade at the time um one of my friends uh then he i think he moved away i can't remember what the story was with him but he uh he had like the big thick book with like all of the the, all three of them in there and so like constantly we'd be like oh my god this is the thickest book i've ever seen like that was before i was reading like big fantasy novels and stuff and i was i was just like floored because i I read as a kid like i i enjoyed to read as a kid but Oh my god I can I yeah. can never handle a book that big when I was like 9. Yeah
1: no a fun fact about Lord of the Rings was that Tolkien he actually submitted it as one big work but the publisher he was like this is too long, we gotta break it up. So that's how we got Felser of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of a King. It was originally the it was the original work, like split into three things.
0: Because I read he considered it all one story, right? Absolutely, like it's yeah. it's not like a three-part thing. Because mm-hmm. I think um, I was doing some reading because I wanted to watch the the Godfather movies. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Of course. Um, I haven't seen them personally yet. So I, I was looking up like I think it was it's Godfather, part two and then part three. Apparently, I, I guess, who directs those? Is it Scorsese Robert or? Ford Coppola. Coppola, that's who it is. Um, but he, he considers those, like kind of like how Tolkien considers in one story, he considers the Godfather. I think it's like a duology, so one and two, and then the last one is kind of like an epilogue. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a little unrelated, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so I kind of wanted to ask you, Jesse, Like, what are some moments from, I guess, Lord of the Rings or you know, I guess just in general across all three volumes or, yeah. or The Hobbit, if you'd like to include that as well, that have kind of stuck with you for a long time um, and why you love this story so much.
1: I think the thing that really stuck out to me about Lord of the Rings, um, I want to say it's Sam. I mean, you mentioned before we started recording that you never really read or read in full in full detail. But Sam, Samwise Gamgee, he's basically Frodo's best friend. Frodo, for you don't know, he's the one who carries the ring on his neck. He's the one carrying the burden per se, for everyone to the um uh shoot, I'm forgetting the mount the mountain's name, but Doom. yes, Mount Doom. <laughs> yes, I believe. I, I believe so. It. Um, uh, But they're taking it to Mount Doom and they're gonna throw the ring in there and Sam he's like the guy giving moral support to Frodo on the way And there's times like especially when they get really close when they're in Mordor Which is the land of Sauron the land of the orcs where Frodo literally can't walk or like he's being so tempted by the ring He's really struggling to just make it there and then Sam he just says, "If you can't carry the ring, I'll just carry you." And he picks him up and brings him up the mountain, and that's, that's like such a powerful moment to me because, like, it shows like how much he loves and cares about his friend.
0: I love that too, um, because like I, although I've never seen the movies, I, I know that scene. Like, it's a very iconic scene, mm-hmm. um, not just in literature and movies, but I think in all media. And um, I I I love that moment because I I don't know. I would argue that Tolkien. Before a lot of the modern masculinity that we see today wrote very like modern masculine characters like the hobbits like were good to each other and they hugged and they talked about (laughs) their feelings and like, you know It was like stuff like that and that's a lot of what we're seeing today with like kind of a resurgence in like modern masculinity Like I love that moment of just like I will carry you to the the end even if you can't carry yourself I think that everyone kind of needs a friend like Sam. Absolutely. That's I think that's great. Yeah, um but yeah, I would I would definitely say that that's, that's a for sure a standout moment. Like, mm-hmm. I, even I know about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, no, I mean,
1: it's amazing how loyal he is to Frodo, like, how much he loves and cares about him. Especially when the first time you really see him in the movie, so when he's eavesdropping on Gandalf and Frodo, like, that part always makes me laugh, because Gandalf just picks him up with a staff and forces him along the journey. <laughs> but then, like, you can see instances throughout each of the three movies and the books, of course. Movies are based on the books, so you to see him in both. But you see when Frodo is trying to, like, um uh, leave the rest of the fellowship you see Sam he's just trying to like follow even if it's in a boat he like even though he can't swim he's trying to like walk across the water it doesn't work out well for him frodo has to go back and save him then two towers he gives a really good monologue to frodo about um uh, all the evil in the world but how like they have to be the good towards the end of the movie i forget exactly where it is in the books because the two towers in the movie is a little different from the book in terms of mm-hmm. pacing and then finally return to the king the scene I just said, like he's carrying him on his back by such powerful imagery. And like even towards the end, like when they're in the mountain when it seems like things are going bad, Sam, he's still there. Like I mean, that loyalty and love is just something which really stands out to me. Something I try to emulate every day with my friends.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Um and kind of moving on to a little bit of our, our next section here, like I I know you've just spoke about Sam, but are there any other characters that you would say you'd like deeply relate to or like try to emulate in your life besides sam
1: um well i mean i always i'd love to be gandalf but you know i don't (laughs) know if i can ever be that wise like i think everybody needs a wise. yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah. i mean i guess someone else i think about a lot is boromir which probably sounds kind of weird because in the movies in the books he kind of is the guy who really pushes frodo away from the fellowship Mm -hmm. because he's the one most Corrupted by the ring and tempted by it. like there's a scene towards the end of the fellowship of the ring the first um, uh, The first one where he tries to like attack Frodo and take the ring from him He probably would have killed him if Frodo didn't get away But I think the really powerful thing is right when Frodo leaves he realizes what he's done He's like he like starts screaming. I'm sorry and then there's like an orc invasion and they attack and then Wormir he's just really desperate like to protect everyone like he's tries it's basically like a redeeming moment like he's fighting like hordes of hundreds of orcs and eventually he does if you haven't watched it like mute this next part but (laughs) Boromir dies and it's like one of the most powerful things because like I feel like Boromir represents like how at the end of the day because he for context he's the son of the prince of Gondor well he's the son of the king of Gondor he's the prince of Gondor and he's basically seen as like this greatest general he's like a role model to everyone and he's like He's corrupted by the ring to the point where he can't even think for himself. He just wants to take it back to Gondor, um, even though that's not the smartest thing to do. And at the end of the day, like even though he's like this great guy, he falls to his temptation. And even after that, even though he does fall to the temptation, he stills fight back. He still fights back and tries to redeem himself. So I feel like that's just kind of shows that like no matter how far you fall from where you originally were, you're still capable of redemption. That's why I always try to like focus on forgiveness of people. It's like you always gotta give people a second chance even when it seems like they can't even help themselves.
0: That's something I think I've definitely learned too over definitely like my last two years of high school and going into college is that like, you know, sometimes it's just not worth it to like get mad at people or hold on to that hate. Like, um, I, uh, there's a really good quote from the Stormlight Archive. It's these big fantasy books that I read. Um, I'm on the fourth one right now. So anyone out there, don't spoil it. But, uh, but I, I, I will give I guess it's just a quote spoiler, but um, there's a certain scene within the third book um, called Oathbringer. That's the title of the book. Um, And there's a main character named Dalinar, and he talks about how every time he falls, um, he's going to try when he falls to get up and rise to be a better man. And that, like, each journey of, you know, a thousand miles or a thousand steps or 10,000, something like that, Mm -hmm. it starts with the first step. And I think that that's something that is really overlooked sometimes especially now in the digital age of things where you have to keep going and you know make new content or you know keep trudging on and find something new something different attention spans are always decreasing i think it's good to kind of slow down and take a minute and say hey how can i improve this you know and maybe you're not always going to rise from the ashes like a phoenix every time but you know sometimes just taking the first step is good and it's a it's a beautiful thing to see someone make those small steps um, and like I said like not everything has to be super huge and you know that idea of forgiving people might be the first step yeah um, but yeah I think that's a, a beautiful sentiment as well from the Lord of the Rings I, I remember because I've watched the first movie um, I, I remember watching that scene with Boromir and just being like wow what a what a great moment because I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, he he saved himself and saved everybody else. And I think that's a, a great message that you can always come back from your lowest moments. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I uh, for our, our next question here, uh, mm-hmm. this I think this applies a lot more with Lord of the Rings and fantasy and sci-fi stuff. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to wonder, like, is what about... I guess, the Middle-earth setting makes you want to keep coming back to this world? Like, is there, like, a specific, like, race of creatures that you like? Or, like, just maybe the feeling or, mm-hmm. like, the the weaponry, stuff like that?
1: Oh, man. That's a great question, Patrick. <laughs> um, I guess the overall story, like, I mean, just the way it's written, plus all the lore, like, you can tell Tolkien, he puts so much thought and care and love into his story. Mm-hmm. But just, like, how it's told, like, I mean... It's such a detailed book, and there's so much, like, thought and background behind it. But the core story of someone, especially someone as simple as Frodo, like, I mean, just trying to, like, save the world. I think that's, like, such a really sweet thing. He's got all his friends supporting him. (laughs) I mean, you find that story a lot, but especially in Lord of the Rings, where it's, like, it truly does feel like a really bleak glimmer of hope against, like, this towering evil. Especially at the start, where it's just Frodo with his friend Sam trying to make it to, like, a... At a bar it still seems like a big deal because yeah. they've never left the shire before and then like from there it just keeps getting like bigger and bigger like they're brown for a bit but then like there's a point where they lose one of the members and then then all the stuff of boromir yeah. happens and whatnot and then they get split like it always seems like how can i come back from this this is like so hard to come back from but they keep pushing and they keep persevering because they believe in each other especially their belief in frodo bringing the ring to Mount Doom and just destroying it, especially like the last scene, the last battle. I forget what it's called. It's the one that's right after the Battle of Gondor, the Battle of Pelennor Fields, I believe. It's like they literally just go up to the gate of Mordor, like, and they aren't gonna storm it, they're just doing it to distract Sauron. Like literally just to take his gaze away from Mount Doom so Frodo and Sam can get there uninterrupted. And like, they probably would have died instantly if, if Frodo was like a second late. Like just the fact that they were willing to risk their lives for that shows, like, the amount of trust they have for each other, so I think that it's just such a powerful story of just, like, belief in each other.
0: I think the reason to, um, to kind of consider Lord of the Rings as, like, one of the all-time greats, um, in storytelling is that, like, I feel like a lot of stuff these days, and I'm guilty of this, too, when writing for D&D, um, (laughs) personally, (laughs) but I I love the aspect of morally great characters, and I think that's interesting, but... And don't get me wrong, a lot of great books, great movies have been made with morally great characters, you know, you kind of show the flaws in people. But I think that what Lord of the Rings really does well on is just that epic struggle of good and evil. Like. I don't know. Sometimes it's nice to just have a side that you know is good. Like, that's why when I started watching Star Wars as a kid, I loved it because I was like, it, it's very simple. Like, you know, it's defined as good, this is defined as evil. And, you know, some of the more adult content has kind of grayed those lines. But I kind of miss that feeling of, like, you know, just knowing that this is good and this is evil and you're rooting for the good guys. Um, I've, I've watched a bit of the show, I haven't watched a ton um, of. Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I haven't. It's very, very good show because it's just about a good person doing a good thing. And I think that that's... Um Kind of similar to Frodo in a sense of where it's just a good person trying to do something good for the world. And, you know, he has struggles along the way, but he's doing the best he can. Mm -hmm. And I think that the world needs more of those types of stories of good against evil.
1: No, I agree. And I kind of feel like that's why, oh, which back to to what you said about great characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like great characters tend to be really interesting. That's kind of why I like Boromir. Like, I mean, he's not really gray, but like you can kind of see the gray and like how he tries to redeem himself. Or, like, basically people trying to come back from a mistake they made. And there's another character named Theoden, who I didn't even mention. He's actually, he actually is my favorite character. I just remembered (laughs) him. No, but I love Theoden. He's awesome. But, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like characters who, like, maybe don't always start off good, but then come back to redeem themselves, or, like, people who, like, just have ambiguous reasons. They're significantly more interesting because you have to look into them. But, I mean, I agree. Kind of like what you just said. Sometimes that classic story, just someone trying to do the right thing against, like, insurmountable odds... It's just, it's pretty charming at the end of a day.
0: I mean, literally one of my favorite characters probably of all time is Zuko from Avatar. I love Zuko. He yeah. was, I, I, I'll, I'll attribute some of that as well <laughs> to when I, I was 16, Zuko was 16 in the show, oh, and I watched it over the summer. Nice. Um, but, you know, we were the same age, and it was it was nice to see someone my age-ish um, do kind of the same things as me and go through some of the same struggles. Like, I mean, he had a girl he liked in the show. Yeah. And, you know, he had family problems. Like, that's what you deal with as a teenager. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's 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 what, what it is. That's wh- who you are. And I, I just love that idea of being able to redeem yourself. And I think redeeming heroes is also another... Another, I guess, trope you'd say that I that I just adore. I, I, I can't get enough of it. I, every time people fall to the bottom and they come right back up to the mm-hmm. top and I know what's coming every time, and I still get excited. Yeah, It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I totally understand that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that whole concept of someone falling and then redeeming themselves.
0: It's perfect. A one. How can anyone hate it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I. What do you think? We kind of touched on it a little bit previously, but what do you think the Lord of the Rings is really trying to say at the end of the day? Like, what's the message? Like, is it friendship? Is it family? You know, like what? What's the message of Lord of the Rings? Ultimately.
1: Hmm. That's a great question. I've, I mean, I've always thought of it as kind of like Tolkien just fanboying over the Bible as well. Like, I mean, there's a lot of like <laughs> biblical comparisons between, you can say Gandalf is similar to Jesus because like he literally, he's like just back into his lore. He's from heaven technically. He's from like a higher realm and then he dies and he comes back. So it's like Jesus. But I've, as far as messages go, I think it's really just Tolkien just being creative. Like, I mean, just want to tell like a good guy story. Like yeah. I, there's probably going to be like, Probably even layered to because I think that's completely wrong. But just like me spitballing, just like what my heart tells me right now, I do think he's just trying to like tell an interesting story, just like having fun with it. He's just like he's also just including a lot of religion, something that he loves because he's a very devout Christian. So he's comparing, having, pulling a lot of inspiration from the Bible, like Sauron, the devil and whatnot, the orichai are technically like demons per se. Um, but yeah, a lot of interesting stuff there. But I thought as heart, I do think it's just a, not a fun story. It's a story about good versus evil and like how at the end of the day, the good will always overcome that evil and no matter how desperate it seems. I think it's always meant to say like, always have hope that good will prevail.
0: Yeah, I, I think that too. And I think, especially with Lord of the Rings, it kind of started the idea of like the found family thing um, of like, you know, you have the family you're born with, but you also have the family that you make. And I've, I don't know. To me, especially, I found in high school and college, like I spend, you know, I spend a lot of time with my actual family too, yeah. and I have a great relationship with my family. I'm not trying to discredit that on the podcast. If you're listening out there, <clears throat> mom, sister, brother, dad, anywhere, but, um, but yeah, I mean you know, it's nice to be able to make your own family. And I think that that's what part of the Lord of the Rings teaches along with hope is that there's hope in, you know, finding something new for yourself. And like, you know, Sam and Frodo are friends in the book and friends in the movie and whatever, but they really form like a closer bond to be more like, you know, brothers. Like that's, you know, that kind of experience will do that to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would definitely say that that's, at least from what I've seen of it, that's definitely a theme too. Um, of, you know, your family is what you make, it's not what you're born with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and that lines in with the hope thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's kind of the message is there. Um, and then there, is there, like, I, I don't know if we talked about this necessarily, but I always ask people, um, is there anything that the Lord of the Rings kind of inspired you to make or create? And if, if not, um, or if so, what would that be? And if not, how does it kind of, how does the story kind of influence you on a daily basis? And uh, what lessons have you learned from it that you kind of practice regularly?
1: Well, I never really made anything I have inspiration for Lord of the Rings, aside for some very poor child in illustrations. <laughs> um, definitely encouraged me to be a better person. I feel like like right when I read it, I wasn't thinking, wow, I have to be a good person after reading this. <laughs> I would, Cause I just thought like, wow, that's a really cool story when I was little naturally. Yeah. But finally, like when I got older though, like especially when I'm this old, um, uh, I definitely can't think about how it's like t- encouraging you to like just those v- values of like redemption even when it seems like you can't come back from something or just being a good friend or just like having faith in other people like I mean those are just invaluable things and like those aren't like career hardcore skills or soft skills they're just like how to be a good person one-on-one and like trusting someone people really do notice when you trust them like especially when it's like no one else trusts them, so like just things like that, just like generally being a good person. Lord of the Rings definitely inspired me and pushed me to like think about it that way.
0: I would um I would definitely say from just the one movie I watched, it really um, to me like what I took away is like, and I know it sounds a little a little ridiculous, but wow, I really care about these characters. Yeah. Like, I, like I I know it's not exactly a lesson. Um, but I I walked away from the first movie. I think I watched the first movie when I was like fifteen, sixteen, and I keep telling myself that I'm gonna watch the other ones. I will get to it by the end of my time at Xavier. I I promise. But um, I I always think of uh, the moments from that movie and how they've stuck with me, even though I've watched it one time, um, and I just like. There's that part in the mines of Moria where they're jumping, like, and they try to make it to the other side of the chasm and Gandalf's on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Then he falls. And he's about. like, "Fly, you fools!" And yeah, yeah. like I, when Gandalf fell, I, I knew what happened later in the story, and I was like, "He's gonna be fine," but I I like, I I watched him fall, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. you have that moment of it's like crushing. It, that soul crushing moment, and mm-hmm. I think that that's that's beautiful. Like uh, I don't know, they really Tolkien does a masterful job at just getting you attached to these characters, and I think that's kind of what I want to take into my daily life. of I want to be attached to people, and mm-hmm. I want to form friendships and join stuff and join clubs and do activities. and yeah. I, I don't know. Part of the reason for me, quite honestly, making this podcast is you know to feel connected to people mm-hmm. and to have people understand something that you know binds us all together in a way of the stories, or whatever. But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of. I think our time here, mm-hmm. um, Jesse, if there's anything you want to say to the people before we leave, um, before I give them a nice little outro. But but yeah, if there's anything that you want to plug, um, I know that uh, Jesse is our podcast manager here. So if you want to talk to him, uh, send out your email one more time if they didn't catch it for the first time.
1: Yeah, uh, my email would be J at xavier.edu. Dolahan, you spell it D-O-L-O. J-A-N, VinJ, at Xavier.edu. My Instagram is J-S-S-J-R-4. You can follow that even if you don't want to contact me. (laughs) But, yeah, I guess my message would be, yeah, read Lord of the Rings or watch (laughs) it. I don't care. It's a wonderful story. I cannot recommend it enough.
0: (laughs) I, I I will have to take Jesse's recommendation and do so. As for now, our episode of Stories That Inspire is over. Um, thank you all for tuning in once again. It's a pleasure to do, uh, do these episodes, and especially to do one with Jesse this time, get a little bit of a different perspective. And he is still, as always, our wonderful podcast manager and a wonderful man. Everyone out there, have a good and safe morning, noon, night, wherever you are, and I will see you next time.